0: Hey guys, it's Bo. and this episode of the Rhythm Pyro Podcast is brought to you by Craig Co. Company Racks and my brand new one-shot balls. Now, before you let your imagination run wild with that one, allow me to unpack it, if I may. AJ, Jamie, and I are huge connoisseurs of the modern single-shot effect, and there's not a more reliable and configurable single-shot rack on the market than the Craig Co. MinCom. Pair up any MinCom rack with my latest effect holder, the One Shot Ball, and you've got an inexpensive effect securing solution that allows you to hold single shot calibers ranging from a 22 millimeter all the way up to a 40 millimeter with a single holder. So stop stressing about spending hours whacking different diameters of pool noodle from your local Dollar General and save it for the fat kids and the old people at the YMCA. Head over to craigco.co, that's C-R-A-I-G-C-O C-O for your made in the USA Mincom racks and Bozy8823, B O Z I E 8823.com for my one shot balls. Because unlike the other guys, these are American made racks with balls. It's too Answer good at stuff. It's,
1: what's the question? <laughs> I'm Bill. I sent you something already, and you never took cover. I've asked you no. A times. I sent I you gave a up question. You. Where the did question. you send it? On the
0: computer. In the it's in look the rhythm on the chat in okay. Facebook.
1: So it was just a chat. Got it. So you didn't send me anything. Yeah,
0: it was a chat. And so but, I go I mean, on
1: this website and I do a bio.
0: If you click, no, you don't have to. Like you just got to write it and then send it to me, and then I will post it on the website. Oh, I'm it's magic! Do it, not do anything. Perfect.
1: Oh look. AJ Plata pyro dad bio
0: here. Yeah, I like everything that's there, I just I made up.
1: <laughs> so I didn't
0: have anything else, and then I was like rooting around for pictures.
1: Yeah, so I I really need to do the Octoblast board this year.
0: <laughs> Design accolades, Octoblast 2021 four by eight champion, Octoblast 2022 four by eight champion. <laughs> Can I just
1: copy yours and take everything out of it? <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm not a musician, I'm not a producer I'm
0: my design stuff <laughs> I, just, I do not <laughs> understand why the volume is so low
1: because I'm not allowed to breathe on my mic so I'm in the basement across 10 feet away from the mic
0: that would do it something's still wrong with the volume though because I can barely hear you guys This, but AJ said it, that he had the same problem once before
1: are you recording
0: yeah, because... It's, Did I, you say
1: somebody was going to be here? Huh? Huh? Did you what? say somebody was going to be here tonight?
0: Yeah, I forgot to tell Brian that he needed headphones. So he has to go back to his house and get headphones. So I feel basically like shit. So
2: is he out in the, in the office? All right. So I was trying to figure this out without sounding stupid, but... <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fail! <laughs> Fail! <laughs> All
2: right, so the, the, it's Rhythm Pyro Podcast. Oh, my God. Just click the link. I did. But then when I go there, I'm trying to figure out how you Cop saw his bias. I can't scroll, find it. Scroll, it's scroll all the way down.
1: Scrolling. The bottom of the page. Scrolling. Swipe. Oh, up. I
2: thought it was just all the episodes. And then it. I was oh, like, my So I God. stopped.
1: I was like going through
0: the settings and stuff. See, <laughs> so you know, that what, was, was a state lot to scroll the state down. required us to <laughs> invite you. <laughs> well, just wait. Once we get to upwards of a couple hundred episodes, then it's really going to get real. But you cannot use, hey, Bo. Sooner or later, there's going to be 200 episodes, and nobody's going to scroll that far to read my bio. So, therefore, I'm not going to send you one. We can't use episode. that as an excuse.
2: <laughs> <should have> <laughs> I thought about saying, but I'm like, I don't want to just piss him off. Well, like, like we like, already it's two, months in, joke, in, we're already then, two and, months in, and uh, there's you yeah. people really got to scroll. Nobody wants to fucking scroll. It was on the tip of my tongue, but I'm like, I'm going to leave it alone just because I don't want to well, be talking wrong. about. <laughs> exactly. Welcome to the Rhythm
3: Pyro Podcast. Where Rosie, AJ, and Jamie ignite your passion for pyro musical show design, while testing the very limits of your capacity for stupid.
0: What's happening, gang? Welcome to the Rhythm Pyro Podcast. I'm Bo. That's AJ. Hola, and that's Jamie. Hi, uh, we're hobbyists and uh, amateur pyro show designers, and we're big fans of the modern pyro musical. And the podcast is a place. This podcast pl- is this podcast is a place where we can get together, talk shop, talk art, share tips, tricks, news, and insights with you guys. We're I'm super excited today because we have Brian Craig from uh, Craig Co. and uh, Boomville Fireworks oh, yeah. in Brookville, PA, with us. Brian, what's up, dude?
3: What's up, guys? How are y'all doing? Very good. How are you? Brother?
1: Awesome, man.
3: Been a long day. That's so all I gotta tell you. <laughs> Mowing, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> can you say podcast.
0: Podcast. Podcast. That's right. Kick back, <laughs> have a have a beer, and then let's let's wrap. So Brian, thanks, uh, thanks, dude, for being here. Um, we've known you for a really long time. Um, we have this huge appreciation for you know for you and especially your venture with Craig Co. Craig Co. has, has been really it's a it's almost like a means of expression you know we have these artistic ideas and you know for for folks out there that don't know um you know Craigco manufactures uh single shot racks and i guess you know Brian do you want to give us a give us a little history behind Craigco yeah so um
3: years i you know i can't remember exactly how many but i'm going to say like 4 years ago um i was hooked up with uh, NLPC um pyro club and Tim Jameson. And we headed out to Mason city, um, to shoot a show that he had scripted. Um, we, we had, we had probably 1100 single shots in this show and we managed to get them all set into wooden trough racks and these wooden trough racks that, that Tim and Tim's son, Chris built were just monstrosities. Um, and so Long story short, we got done out there. Tim literally burned them out there in a big pile. He says, we're not doing this again. <laughs> um, so, so we came back and about two months went by and, and, uh, he called me one day and he's like, Hey, he's like, uh, I'm working on these aluminum racks and I got some questions. And so him and I, we collaborated on these, um, and they worked out really well for them. Um, they're a little rougher than, than what, what, you know, we're building right now. Um, and so then we had a, an event for the club, uh, here in PA and we got all built up for it. I ordered a whole bunch of aluminum to come in and we were going to be built these single shot racks for, for this event and it was canceled. So mm. I said to, to Tim Um, I said, Hey man, I said, you know, I've got all these aluminum racks built. Do you mind if I just sell them because he was selling them as well? And he's like, heck no. He said, you go ahead and you sell them. I'm, I'm tired of dealing with this. I need to (laughs) focus more on my own company. And that's kind of where that took off from. But, um, I got to tell you that, that one of the biggest things in the, that I realized right from the beginning of of creating this company was we recognize how much time it takes to Create a musical The setup time, and one of the things that I strive for um, is to make sure it, it reduces your setup time when you're doing these. Right? I mean, because they they can be they can be pretty labor intensive. Um, that's the understatement
0: of the century. Yeah. Well.
3: <laughs> right. So that's and, and I'm not trying to be a salesman here, but that's that's basically the goal of of what I do is I try to save. People, you know, companies, artists, time and money on the setup time, um, making it easier for people to set angles and prep their stuff and get things done ahead of time, so they can just drop in the field, plug it in, and and go. uh, Sort of thing.
0: When you and Tim kind of sat down, and you know, I'm sure there were ideas and conceptions for like, okay, how do we how do we create a rack that it's not just efficient, but gives you the freedom. To adjust this rack to maximize your use case at any one given position, I feel like mm-hmm. you guys have you guys have really done that with the Craigco rack. What, what was that thought process kind of going in when you guys designed that?
3: Well, look, I'll be honest with you, um, Tim. Tim is was the driver uh, for most of, not most, so, uh, yeah, most of the the stuff that that the design and the and the criteria that goes into the one of these racks originally. You know, he was doing a crazy amount of musicals a year. I was doing a couple. I wasn't doing a whole lot at the time. But, um, you know, we started, we sat down and started talking about it. You know, they wanted them to be light, right? Hence the aluminum, um, compact. And that's where the 21 by 21 comes into play, the, the five by seven, uh, basically, which is now the Mincom X5. Um, so there was a compact, it was light. And then the biggest thing was, um, angles, right? So we wanted to have, make sure we had some pretty extreme angles. Um, and so we messed around with the interior angles and the spacing on them. And, and we just kind of came up with this happy medium with what we have now as the X5, you know, 35 shot. Now that being said, um, through the years we have, uh, experienced, kind of experiment and prototype some different ones so that we can increase the interior angles on them by spreading the, you know, the, the, the center to centers out on them a little bit yeah, and doing that sort of thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, they, they've kind of, they, it doesn't look like it, but we've gone through quite a few, I don't want to say, I don't want to say rev revs, uh, revisions of the, the designs, but they've sure had a lot of additions, you know, with the X sixes and the X sevens as well.
0: Yeah, hear that voice. The thirty-five shot was the OG. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> What's cool though is if people have different use cases, like you know, like you and AJ worked together on the platter wheel um, for SkyWars uh, several years ago, and you know, like you do customization like that. You know, when people find different use cases, am I safe to say you're you're open minded with that? You're you got open ears. Well, I got to tell you, Bo, one of the, probably my second, uh,
3: biggest passions is designing. Um, I, some people know it, some people don't, but I was at 30 years in the industry of doing mechanical design. I designed interiors, exteriors of locomotives, streetcars, underground mining equipment, that sort of thing. Um, and I, I just love, I love the challenge of it. I love the challenge of, um, making somebody's design come alive. Um, to the point where sometimes it gets me in trouble because I, I think I take a little bit too much on, mm. but, um, it's one of my favorite things to do. You know, somebody calls me up and says, Hey, I'm looking to do this or do that. You know, um, here's a criteria. Can we think we can do it? And I'm like, well, let's see, you know, and I, and I have software that enables me to design and be able to present it to, to people and you can see it in 3d and you can rotate it and move it. And, mm. and, and that really helps, you know, cause you can mock it up digitally, but, uh,
0: Aj, tell the uh, the story about the the wheel. Tell him uh, how you concocted <laughs> that, that bad boy. I did
2: not. <laughs> but you always make it seem like I was like I designed it. It's all me. You well, did design. You did. I just came up with a pizza box drawing. Exactly. <laughs> like it was, a 3D mock-up. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it was a pretty elaborate pizza box drawing,
0: <laughs> <laughs> dude. You I mean, didn't he have like a big the big mama? It, it yeah, was a he bad had like the. Of,
2: Hold on, it was a bad night of the uh, the debate between Biden and Trump. So I got bored, started drinking. <laughs> and duct tape came out, and
3: oh yeah, cardboard. the shapes the shapes came out. That yeah. you know the, he's cutting it out of the you know this is what it looks like, and yeah, it was cool. I, mean,
2: I had to be clear with what I was saying.
1: Six page <laughs> blueprint. This was my idea. I just threw it up. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's, you
3: know, that's no different than a lot of the initial designs coming out of an engineering department. I mean, people, they use that analogy of, you know, we designed on a, on a napkin, but that happens a lot. You know, napkin, pizza box, whatever, you know, when you get to creative and you get the, you know, the idea coming to your brain, you can't, can't let it go. You got to write it down Yeah, but you took
2: my idea and
3: like completely made it possible. (laughs) That's the
0: beauty of it. And it was cool. There's no way around it. Everybody gets one it is kind of cool that it's, <laughs> like, yeah, it like it yeah. gives you that that three it gives you 300 and you know 60 degrees but you you still have that uh you know, that added axis of you know being able to adjust the cam levers and then you know create much of the same angles elevated so it's
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's pretty cool we need to put the uh pizza box drawing on the facebook page
3: yeah you cool. know I'll, now I think about i think i probably have it in my messenger I'll have to take a look at that. Pretty sure I do. <laughs> oh
2: my God. <laughs> I love it. Wait, oh, actually, I think I sent you a video.
3: I don't remember.
2: <laughs> I think I did, actually. If I remember right, that would be even better to listen to. You guys can laugh at me.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, how's how's things been at Craigco this year? Do you have a good year? You know, we've had a really good year.
3: Um, up until... Um, July 4th, we were, we were just about, we just, um, our sales were equivalent to what we did all year last year. So we, um, we built, we built a lot of racks this year. Um, mid-year, um, we're building, building more to take to, to PGI. Um, don't have a lot of pre-orders right now. Um, I'm not sure if, um, the word just hasn't gotten out that we're going to be there. I'm not sure but uh, we're going to build quite a bit to take with us for sale there. So nice. Yeah. Um, we are struggling a little bit with the costs. Um, costs have kind of gone up quite a bit. Um, overhead's gone up quite a bit, but I'm, I'm keeping pricing where it's always been. Um, it's one of my last things I ever, ever want to do is raise price. Cause you know, it's, this is going to sound cheesy, but you know, I, I didn't get into this business of Craig Co. to make money. I, I got into it to, 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 you know be part of the industry and to be uh helpful in the industry yeah um you know just to be that you know that that tool that people can use to create their art in the sky you know as cheesy as that sounds um i like being that
0: guy right i like being the guy that can help people do that so oh yeah man innovation in this space is hella valuable Well, I feel like anytime you can kind of innovate some kind of solution, it is extremely helpful. And people kind of look at that and go, um, you know, yeah, I have got the freedom to angle these things to the images in my head. Well, I got
3: to tell you, I mean, the pyro guys, pyro industry, all these guys, they're some of the most innovative people I've ever met. And I've been in, in the industry for a long time, um, I don't think I've ever been around people who are as creative as, uh, pyros, you know, because they're driven by, they're driven by cost, you know, always trying to save some money to, you know, get your fix for the next show, (laughs) um, you know, to be efficient and, and they're doing things all the time. And they're, they're the ability to say, well, how can we do this better next time? It's, it's incredible that the ideas people come up with, it's just, With me, it's it's just a matter of, uh, you know, what ideas to take on and make sure it's not going to, you know, cost me a lot of money and not recoup that. And then I'm not here anymore because I just can't afford to go on. Um, I've had a couple of those um, and I've managed to recoup from them. But um, I, I just, back to my initial point, I just love doing it. Um my wife gets mad at me all the time. She's like, you know, you can't
0: keep taking these projects on us. But but, it's, but
3: I like them. I like doing it, you know.
0: Well, that's like that probably goes back to the to the designer's bug too where you see it and you're like, oh shit, man, that's that's a really good idea. Yeah, that's a really good idea and then you kind of play around with it for a while, but you see the value in it, you know, when the idea comes in, it's not like um you know, like if if a bad idea came in, if I shot you a bad idea, you know, I would I would hope that you tell me, "Yeah, I you know, Bo, you've had some good ones, but this one's pretty shitty as far as they go. Oh,
3: I've had some. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, And I've told people, I'm like, I'm not making it. I'm not doing it. You know, they're like, really? I'm like, look, man, I just can't, I can't do it. I don't think it's safe or it's, you know, or it's, it's, you know, it's just not reproducible, um, for, you know, something in my arena or whatever. There's different reasons why I don't take new projects on, but, um, but in general, most of the time I'm, I'm, I think I'm pretty open to suggestions and whatever.
0: You know, I love that about you, dude. You've always been super easy to work with. You're innovative as hell, and you know, you you, when you see something that is efficient, you do want to pursue it because you know you see that that's valuable. You know, you see that's valuable to the industry. You see how that's valuable to um, companies and guys that are out there designing uh, big elaborate shows. And you know, I, I think that's why um I, I i i'm speaking for myself but you know i it's hard for me not to speak to like for a, a a lot of different people because you know i understand and i think all of us understand what it is that you're after and you know what you're trying to achieve with every new design that you put out and you know we thank you for that man because yeah. it really really does it is a means <laughs> for us to kind of bring these visions out of our heads and onto the field. And, you know, I want to say thank you for that. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Thanks thank thanks you. But I why did you it.
1: sell me so many racks? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> and you can thank Bo for our, our issue of obsession with them. Cause I, the first time I, I seen one, Bo came out to help me until then I used wood mm. rack that I had made like sticks on like um <laughs> i don't know how would you describe it yes. i don't know how to no, s- dude, describe it yeah was it was made out of cardboard no actually <laughs> it looked like um who makes that rack that's similar to it it's like um it's got flat stock with an l stock on it and you can fold it flat
3: a oh, big time pyro makes it yeah,
2: i made something very similar but with wood and for in between to pinch it together i took three eighths tubing inner diameter and cut it, and then put washers on both ends to pinch all the wood pieces together. <laughs> mm. Took forever to zip tie.
3: Yeah, like but 30, dude, it's, <laughs> you know it's being innovative, right? You're figuring out I, a way to make I was things broke, work. Yeah, I just bought all this cobra. <laughs> I didn't have money for racks.
2: Didn't. didn't it was know back the time, when really. the lumber was
0: affordable. Yeah. It was. I mean, yeah, I think all three racks, 36 I... shot
2: racks cost me a hundred bucks. Like that was Terrible. a lot easier. Terrible. But then Bro brought his out to a show to help me, and when I saw him, I'm like, <laughs> "This is awesome." <laughs> All right, this yeah. is gonna save me like five hours <laughs> easy.
0: Well, let's dude. Um Brian, I think it was back in I, I wanna say I I bought my first rack back in 20 uh, it might have been 2017 or it was it was right after NFA when mm-hmm. when OPEG and NEOPG went to uh, NFA to do gotcha. the eighties mostly show and and open for John Segaria. We went and then Dane kept telling me um <laughs> over the phone, because like he's like, he's like, dude, don't don't, you know, make your your goofy wooden racks. Don't don't even bother. <laughs> and I kept telling him, like, no, man, it's like I, I spent so much time on these racks, I gotta bring them, it'll be fine. And I brought these these behemoths of racks to to NFA. And Dane, you should have seen the look on his face. But he he broke out. Um, I think it was one of your it might have been one of your back in 2017. Did you have any other uh, configurations, or was it only the uh, the thirty five shot? I think it was. Yeah, it was still just the X fives at that yeah. point. So he brought those out, and we did that little that little run right at the beginning of eighties, mostly where it's like the Back to the Future thing, where we you know strapped gerbs to the the fucking golf cart, and they're driving yeah, yeah. across the field, and then like he hits eighty eight miles an hour, and then you just see this big mine run from back to front. Like I didn't have racks for for that piece of it, and I didn't think it through. Dane Dan broke his out, and that's all it took, man. <laughs> that's all it took. I'm like, holy mm-hmm. shit. This is so much easier <laughs> and lighter. <laughs> uh huh. And lighter.
3: <laughs> I, I think one of the biggest things that uh, that we've come out with, I think, that saves time is the angle setting tools. Oh, dude. Yes. Seriously. Dude, absolutely. I, you know, I, I don't, people look at them and they kind of, you can see it in their face. They're kind of like, what the heck is this? Right. And they're kind of like, this is stupid. But, once you start using it and you understand how they work, it's like, Oh my God. I mean, it's it because they're amazing. Well, well, first of all, I don't think people realize when they're using bubble finders, you know, like their phones or the bubble level indicators or whatever, that they have to make sure that their tables plumb and level. Yep. And I don't think a lot of those guys do that. I ask people <laughs> and they're, you know, and they're like, well, no, you know, and, uh, and, but you know, it, Here's a, you know, a backstory. I mean, it's basically, we, we, uh, you know, shipped a bunch of racks down to, uh, Maryland and we had the show down there and, and we had the, basically the angles written on the tubes and they were all straight up in boxes. And then when we got down there, Dane took over and he took the angle setting tool, slid them in between the tubes and then rotate them around, set, set them. And then the we went. So yeah. again, it's all about
0: saving time and, and, and effort in the front side. Well, not only that too, like all those little, you know, the angle finding tools you can buy at, you know, Home Depot or Harbor Freight, like the digital mm-hmm. ones, the bubble finders, like even if you're level, it still takes you time. You know, when you, when you set that chamber, it's going to take that tool a, a, a second to kind of, you know, get its bearings and figure oh, out yeah. where it's at. Yeah. I had a show Saturday and I literally,
3: um, let me see, it was nine. So it was 18 single shot racks I used and I had the angles set on them in, I don't know, 45 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't much at all,
0: but dude, I think if there's one, one thing that I would absolutely love to see, it's some kind of easy, a fixed apparatus that, you know, allows you to level the rack when you get onto the field. And I know that, you know, mm. a lot of that, like, what have you, what have you seen guys like, uh, you know, Jameson and like, what do you do to, to level racks when you take them out onto the field to ensure that, you know, you're seeing the angles that you designed in software? What do I do? Yeah. I don't do anything. <laughs> Let's throw it on the ground. God <laughs> <do>. wills it.
3: <laughs> you know, look guys, I, you know, the elephant in the room is I, I shoot these power musicals, but I am not as particular about them as a lot of guys are. I mean, it's just the way it is for me. Um, you know, I, I enjoy doing them and when I get down to the end, I just like seeing it go in the air. Yeah, And, and I'll be honest with you, I, I, that's probably why I'll never do A show in front of a bunch of pyros because (laughs) you know because they'll they'll just you know they'll see all that you know you guys sure enough you'll see all the (laughs) angles that aren't right whatever but the normal crowd just you know this something they've never seen and they don't yeah they don't see those little you know things but
1: um, we're not judgy (laughs) I'm like I'm like oh man (laughs) oh my god more importantly. Oh, How have you overcame bear. the racks making themselves out to the field? <laughs> what? I need to find somebody to carry my racks.
0: <laughs> can we hire somebody from Crayco to come to our shows and tote the racks out to the yeah. field? There you go. So I, I got to um, pay
1: for that service. <laughs> I, I do. I do
3: recognize that, they're, you know, it um, They can be kind of cumbersome to carry when they're loaded. Um, and we've been working, actually, I've been working on it for quite a while, trying to figure out some kind of innovative strap or handles or something that, you know, you could pick them up a little easier. Oh, that's cool. Um, so I'm always, I'm, like I said, I'm open for any suggestions and ideas. Everything I seem to have come up with hasn't worked out real well. The only one that I've done that I think works well because it's easier on the fingers is I've, we welded one, one inch square tubing uh uh, that runs along the bottom on each end of the rack um and it it really um it really facilitates picking them up a little easier because you can wrap your hands around those those square stock but
0: oh that's cool uh, so is it at that point do you is it kind of considered like a two-man lift you know you talking like uh no no
3: but still a single um but um it's just a little easier on the hands and a little easier to get a hold of kind of thing yeah
0: i like I um, like that. No. Well, and that's like, cause I think when the racks are loaded too, I think that's like a, you know, something that brings on a sense of anxiety is you, you're like, oh, the racks are loaded. And obviously, you know, for the, for safety reasons, but also you don't want to grab the launch chamber. You know, you Rangus- don't want to grab the launch chamber. You don't want to grab the, you're trying to, you're really kind of fishing for, um, uh, I guess those, the side dividers.
1: Especially if you're bow with a negative 80 and a positive 80. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, then, then it wasn't me. <laughs> this show I shot Saturday had
3: both positive and negative 80s in it as well. Yeah. Yeah, I shot them on the ground. But but here's the thing. I mean, you have to be confident that when you have your help carrying that rack out and putting it in the in in the field, that those tubes aren't gonna be moving from the angles you set. Right? Yeah. Because, you know, these guys sometimes they're kinda new at it, right? And they'll reach under and they'll just pick it up by the, the tubes, the 60 degrees or 45 degrees that are hanging out there, they just cradle them in that and off mm-hmm. they go. Yeah. Um, and that was one of the things coming back to the earlier conversation you were asking me, Bo, is that we had to make sure that that the compression on the side plates is enough that, you know, it would take a, a five-pound sledgehammer to move the tubes.
1: <laughs>
0: um you know, yeah, so. yeah, right, and then you wind up like denting the tubes before, but it'll like hold perfectly.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yep. So it's it's kind of a fine line between those, for sure.
2: Yeah, it's a sweet spot. As soon as you find that sweet spot, it's mm-hmm. always locking and actually unlocks. And
1: those cam levers made it a wonderful thing.
2: Yep. Yeah. <laughs> the well, first ones I bought, uh, I think Jim Goofy Darts picked them up from you at PGI, actually. And he you did. took the he, yeah, I, I think the levers, or I think we're on it, or something, whatever. <clears throat> and then the second set I bought without the levers, and I regretted it <laughs> really fast. <laughs> I just I, had a
3: guy, yeah, I just had a guy buy some yesterday, day before yesterday. Y- he got them, and he called me up. He was like, "Can I get cam levers on those?"
2: <laughs> and I'm like,
3: "Yeah, yeah no problem." <laughs>
2: It yeah. is night and day. Because then you have to sit there and fiddle again, like what you're saying, like reaching around the other side of the rack to tighten both pieces up at the mm-hmm. same time.
3: Yeah. Yeah, they've they've come quite a ways. Um I'm, i I think they're I just think they're cool. Again, even like the Medusas, we um Saturday we shot uh I had nine racks of sixty-two millimeters and there in Medusas. Again, we we populated the you know the racks and we carried them out the field and dropped them. Um, yeah, and no it was bracing. it was so convenient. Oh know? yeah, yeah.
1: No bracing the racks,
3: stacked in the trailer, really nice. I mean, it,
0: it worked really yep. well. But anyway, you know your standard loaded Greco rack and even your Meduses. Like <laughs> while we kind of joke tongue in cheek that loaded the rack is cumbersome and hard to move. I mean, it's. <laughs> If somebody like me who barely works out and you know sits in front of a computer <laughs> and sits behind the wheel of a car all the live long day can pick up a fully loaded rack, then I'd say it's not all that bad. Mm-hmm. You know? and it's like watching AJ and Jamie sling these things around um, <laughs> you know, it makes me feel like I need to get back to the gym.
1: Well, they come in, in multiple variations. You got the 18 shot, which is, that's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful gotta, thing.
3: I got to tell you, Jamie, that that's become my favorite rack to go to.
1: It is my favorite. I like the 36 because I only have to carry two one out instead of two, but that 18 yeah. is just yep. amazing. <laughs> it mm-hmm. really is.
3: Yeah. Paired <laughs> it up with an 18M and, and it's just, it's yeah, light, it's easy. Go. Drop and go. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: Let me
3: ask you guys a question. Um, when you're addressing your your shows. Um, do you start from from the left and go to the
0: right with your negative? <laughs> we yes. just wing it.
1: Just no, wing I'm
0: it. just kidding. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Jimmy usually <laughs> says that. Um, <laughs> right, go ahead. Uh, I'll let you guys. Feel that AJ,
1: one. tell him how we do it. Tell him how we do it.
2: Oh, he wants to know about the trick thing. Uh,
1: he knows about
0: So, he knows, I think he knows about the he knows about he's the, asking how the Timmy you Jameson it. trick. But he's I, oh. I th- Brian, are you asking about the uh, I always go negative to positive. Who yeah. wants to go positive to right. negative? Negative last positive. Believe right it like in life. Right, <laughs> <But, laughs> you know. I think I know exactly where you're going with this, Brian. And please dazzle us.
3: Well, I, I don't have anything to dowzy with. I'm just curious because you know, the, again, this is all about this is all about processes, right? And, and how people do things. because um, I, I get it I get a lot of feedback from customers, um, asking questions and, you know, how do you do this? And I do that. And, and, you know, Tim, um, Tim's amazing with processes, right? He, he's, he seems to pick up on things quickly. Like, you know, this is, um, more efficient to do this and do that because, you know, quite frankly, he does a lot of these shows a year. Um, but like for me, I've always, I've always added up all my, you know, all my negatives on the left side and just kind of added them up. I got three negative eighties. I got two negative sixties, blah, blah, blah. But then I would always jump to the other side as soon as the last negative, it was done. And then I'd start with a positive on the right side. Um, and I'm just curious as to how you guys are, are doing that.
2: Okay. So very similar to exactly what you're saying, except I learned when I addressed my show, like that negative to positive, it's possible to have, like more positives and negatives so like the way the tubes lay out you have to continue going but then so so say you went from negative 80 to your zeros and then your next one was a positive five Mm -hmm. you have to have that next two be your positive five and work your way through to end up using the tubes in that uh that perfect addressing where first tube is q1 or channel one q1 and working your way back kind of thing so I, I've started doing it that way because I address my show differently now, but before it would always be, <clears throat> excuse me, just going left and then hitting zeros, then going to the right and doing my biggest positive mm-hmm. and working my way back again. Right. Yeah.
1: That, Typically, uh, when I address my show, I try to keep all my negatives together and then throw zeros in there. And I, I try not to mix positive racks with negative racks.
3: Oh, okay. Um.
1: Yeah. So if you look at my shoot site, my front rack would be lefts, and then if there's no lefts left, there would be some zeros in there. My next rack might be all zeros, and then the next rack would be some zeros and all positives. Try to keep them together. The extreme angles will make some difference in that, uh, just because I can only fit so many negative 80s in one rack. So then that might jump into the next one. That's typically how I try to do it. Just makes it a little bit easier for fitment on the trailer. When you have a positive, negative rack, it gets kind of wide, takes up a little bit more space. But that's yeah. just
2: why I do it. Yeah. I think I know yeah. what Bo wants for Christmas, actually. He's got like more a racks. 10 foot, no, he's got a 10 foot uh, <laughs> shoot site. So he wants a solid 10 foot launch <laughs> position. Yeah, it's just a floating, floating rack. rack. Yeah. All right. He wants a 10 foot long, just, that you can screw down to these rafts, and they're all they can all be just one angle going out wow. to the side. that, you a, that
1: sounds you all uh, your or ra- just a floating raft. Really, well, no, he gets fucking the-
0: expensive. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, so like the
1: pool noodles, <laughs> you
2: can have all the extreme angles you want, Bo.
0: Yeah, I so like the you know having the the tiny footprint launch position, you know, being on the water. Rewind like four or five years ago, like when I first when I first bought your racks, yeah, and and pretty much every show after that first show, where I used them, you know, was like it was taking those racks and setting them on the back of the raft and create like giving them a lane of their own. But I would essentially, you know, put them right next to each other on the back of the raft, and you know, fan them. They would it would basically look like one. Big rack Mm -hmm. from left to right on the back of the raft, all the way up until probably this past year, where you know I kind of subscribed to what Jamie was doing with like you know one it created a smaller footprint, but I also had um, I had more extreme angles on the rafts than I normally did in any other year, so I I had to cattywampus them right instead of having them side by side in the back of the raft, I had to actually put the the racks in front of one another. Right? right just enough yeah. to have my extreme angles but you know that created some other challenges in making sure that I had lanes on the raft for you know other things like like slices and cakes angled cakes and things like that but for the mm-hmm. most part I didn't have any like those big C-shaped slices that would have really you know r- basically wrecked the layout of the raft so it was mm-hmm. it was nice to have everything kind of shooting out over top of the the racks but like the you know as far as addressing goes I think the Um, Jameson was talking about it at CobraCon on a 36 shot rack, right? If he's, and I I know he uses Starfire, but you know, like it's, I think the concept is still applicable to other firing systems. But you know, he basically puts shots like every single launch container inside the Craigco rack is an assigned queue, right? So it's like from the left side of the rack all the way to the right side of the rack, that would be, you know, whatever you're for a Cobra user, that would be, um, you know, one channel on the left, cues one through 18, kind of hard coded to each mm-hmm. one of those launch chambers. And then just kind of like that, that just kind of flows through to your second channel on the other side. When he kind of passed along that concept, I'm like, I'm standing there blinking, trying to process what he just said. But then when it finally clicked, I was like, oh my God. That's crazy. (laughs) That's crazy, but that's so efficient. And then Jamie and Jamie and AJ actually put that into practice and they they did it this year. And like I I split my channels. So left side of the rack was, you know, that first channel going, you know, negative or close to, and then the right side of the rack was the other one. But I kind of left it at that and didn't do anything beyond it. But you know what Jamie and AJ did, they they said it was like you know, it was almost like process changing for
2: mm-hmm. the better.
0: Absolutely. Right. Yeah.
2: You didn't have to label the racks. It was like once you were done, all you had to do is be like, all right, this front left one's my most negative. And I just work my way to the back, then start over the front like a typewriter. Do do
3: do 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 do. Well, the the other saving grace is um like we used to pull all the all the effects out. we we. E match them, you know, we'd match them and then we'd label them and then stick them in and blah, blah, whatever. I literally have them have boxes set up behind me and I grab a grab what I need out and then just start dropping them and I'm E matching them and I go on left to right and I stick the labels on the, the last thing I do because I know I can check the angles and the part number and then I know this is Q1, this is Q2, Q3, Q4. So you almost save a whole step not having to label, you know, your e-match ahead of time. Cause a lot of guys do that. Um, but it, it, for me, it really seemed to eliminate a lot of errors because it's, you know, numerical all the way, you know, and this is the process every time. So you fall into that process and it becomes muscle memory. And if something gets out of that a little bit, then it throws a flag up in your head and you're like, Oh, wait a minute. This isn't right. You know, kind yeah, of thing. like yeah. when
2: you go from channel nineteen to twenty, and you're like, "Wait a minute! Oh, this is this is a negative thirty, not a thirty.
0: Q
1: eleven to Q <Q13>? thirteen. <laughs>
0: well, yeah, yeah. and then, like um, Tim was saying that the same know, angle. Yeah, Tim was saying that that process, like one thing it, w- that was really cool, that that aside from the efficiencies that it created, anytime he ran into. Issues. It was almost always, you know, ninety nine percent of the time, it was exclusive to an error on that rack. Um, mm-hmm. So it was, it was really cool. It, it was in a really interesting concept, and I, I think. He said that it was something that he was working on with Drew to try to get implemented into, um, you know, like like blueprinting. That's kind of distributed all throughout Finale, but, you know, being lowly hobbyist users, I'm not even sure that we have access to it. But it's still a really cool concept to try to, you know, find ways to implement within the means that we have in Finale 3D hobbyist. But I used I used
3: a hobbyist for quite a while, um, and I enjoyed it. Really it's a
0: cool program man yeah it, it's finale 3d is you know I, like drew has been an awesome awesome hire for uh, finale you know will's wills a, a pleasure to talk to but he's he's definitely an engineer um you know so like a, everything is very very engineered about that program and I think it's it's the learning curve is is getting better and Drew's doing a really good job of interpreting um you know some of that stuff and and, and really kind of framing some of the feature sets to the user base um, but it's like it—it's a deep program, man. It it goes. Oh yeah, it's so deep. I it's there. It goes a lot further than I, I think. People in the hobby space and, and amateur designers, when we get into this, we think to ourselves, okay, we're just going to be able to take take stuff and throw it on a timeline, and which, in essence, you can do. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be a, a solid translation. IRL you know in real life of what you see on your screen you know and but being able to configure it to super efficiently you know puke out reports and, and labels and address your show so you know you can take that and translate it to efficiencies on the field that's solid mm-hmm. absolutely aj's in showsim, and he's found <laughs> loads of different ways to kind of apply the Craigco workflow to to show some.
1: Can you be more Pacific?
0: No. <laughs> I'm too Atlantic.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: too Atlantic.
1: Uh, <laughs> oh.
3: Like yeah. that one, huh? I, I'm more like the Dead Sea. <laughs>
0: <laughs> dude, I can't... Was it, uh, was it Chad? Oh, you killed that, it, dude. You should have
2: chosen another sea. No, what I was going to
0: cho- I choose... I choose the Gulf of Mexico. I want to be close to AJ's people. <laughs>
3: I was going to say, I thought that maybe that was AJ's. <laughs> I was yeah yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Wow. I, I'm
0: trying to think of some other, like I, I, as far as like the Craig curl workflow goes, I, I mean, you know, I, I think we're all pretty, we're all pretty, pretty versed in it. And that's, I mean, that's something that I do want to kind of convey to, uh, to people and listeners. Like I, I want to, I feel like we should almost like create videos and stuff to, to kind of go along as, as learning aids with some of the talk that we do behind really specific procedures. Um, because I, I think the episode where, you know, AJ and Jamie and I were talking about that addressing scheme. Yeah. There was talk, good idea. right? There were people like, whoa, what is this? What is this fucking mm-hmm. magic that you're talking about? What's, what is it? Because it's, it is kind of hard to articulate, you know, but you know, if you, especially since you're about? not only integrating, throwing stuff into a rack, <laughs> In person, but you're also that's spillover from the design workflow in your software. Well, well
3: let me let me throw us some stories out there. Um, so at CoverCon, I can't tell you how many people stopped at my booth and asked, "How do you do those shapes in these shows?" <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I'm like shapes and like, yeah, they sweep and they look like curves and, yeah. you know, and that, yeah. and, I'm, and I'm like, um, well, he just, you know, it's, it's an explanation, right? I mean, you know, it's just a matter of place in the rack, blah, blah, whatever. And they looked me dead in the eye and they would say, you mean you don't
0: have a rack for that? and you say how much money you got (laughs) and I
3: so so I guess what I'm getting at is is you know it would be hugely beneficial uh to do to like you're saying Bo to put it you know put some videos out there um I have some like even the angle setting tool how to use it because you can't believe how many calls I get from people saying, I don't know how to use this thing. Yeah. And, and I'm not begrudging anybody, you know, sometimes it just doesn't click in their head. That's right. all good. Um, but certainly the, the Craig Co holders don't do you any good if you're not proficient with them yeah. because they could actually cause you more time. If, um, and I've seen people do it, they don't wrap all their angles up and group them together. They want to do them all random throughout the, the rack um, not realizing that it's, it's not efficient and yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter if, you know, if it's in the first row or the second row or the third row.
1: That kind goes of into the addressing. They may not know how to address angles right. in an order, which all those little reports help out a lot.
0: Oh yeah. Yep. For sure. What's crazy is this, it's, I guess this kind of goes back to the whole, you know, comment made earlier about, um, you know, pyros and, and, being, you know, super persistent and efficient in, in learning processes. And just, um, like you almost have to experience that failure firsthand mm-hmm. You're you know, if you're doing a show and then all of a sudden you come out of the show and you're like, well, oh, shit, my God, I, that took so much time. You know, I need to give this a, a, a good amount of thought to determine how do I fix this? You know, how can I fix this? How can I implement, um, Different procedures that might make this process a little easier, and I think you know it's a testament to what you said earlier about tyros because we're willing to put in that time to find better ways. To fail, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. You understand, this man? True. This is going up.
0: <laughs> I, this is going up. Whether <laughs> I mean, yeah. we, I mean,
2: we all just said stuff that we even like. You mentioned get those racks, and then I made the wood ones anyway. So waste of money. Yeah. And then yeah, but I think that don't the, forget pegboard. Yeah, oh, I used pegboard. Peg pegboard and zip ties. <laughs> I did. Oh,
1: okay.
2: <laughs> I, hate ties. I hate zip ties. Oh, I hate zip ties. Zip ties are for bitches. Who
0: <laughs> made that? say who made that T-shirt years ago. Jamie, was that you or AJ? I
2: used zip ties in
1: 21 for are bit. bitches, That's because yeah. Bo I, didn't I, have I a full. For, um, I made it for, um, for Brian holder. and AJ, I believe. Yeah, <laughs>
3: yeah, and then I I did that uh, graphic with the uh, what's his name. Uh, oh the Cal- Nike guy. Calvin peeing on the zip <laughs> tire or
0: whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, try, I, I got I got an idea for a sure's a, sure's a killer bundle on the website, dude. Like 20 or 30 racks and you can call it the the Jamie Young beginner's bundle. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's
0: 21 racks. yeah. The, the, the Jamie Young
1: beginner's bundle. Have you count Medusa? <laughs> oh. <laughs> The bad problem is, (laughs) is I I had to borrow racks last year.
2: You know what hey, that means, Brian. You know how hard it is yeah. to find anybody around here with a rack that I can borrow? So shush it. All right.
0: Uh, he, <laughs> Sounds like you should um, move. Uh, yeah. You had, to borrow, you had to borrow racks. That's only because I left yours floating on rafts in the middle of the lake and it rained on for <laughs> a day. <laughs>
1: that is true because I did actually use 21 racks, which is exactly what I had in the front. So. <laughs> but next year, I think I might need more.
2: I had to yeah. drive all the way to Pennsylvania to get an eighteen shot rack to borrow.
1: You know my favorite part Pennsylvania, about Pennsylvania is
3: I still don't think you borrowed that.
2: I'll go <laughs> it's still got the blue um painter on it with your letters and stuff. <laughs> so now Satan, you know it's yours now,
0: right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my I god, that believe. is that is well, such, such a Prince far State. distance to drive for 118. rack. I would have like made up a story to borrow at least a few more. Well, we <laughs> might have,
3: <laughs> we might have shot some product that
1: night too. Okay. So. Yeah, we <laughs> might have Maybe. We've had a little fun. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. We need to have a group field trip again.
0: Mm-hmm. So, I'm going to use this point to pivot a little bit, Brian. How's uh tell us about uh, Boomville.
1: Boom. Boomville. Wow. It is booming.
3: Boomville's is pretty awesome. I gotta be honest with you. Um, so we started it, this is our third season. Um, and we've done really well. We've got the, some of the best customers ever. I, I mean, that's kind of saying a lot. I mean, cause we're new into it. And so we, you know, it's kind of hard to compare, but people have been so supportive in, in, in the pyro industry and, and, uh, local people around here. Um, and I, I just, um, it's really a dream job most of the time <laughs> i'm not going to say it's perfect but it uh i really enjoyed really enjoyed dealing with the people and and being again being that guy right that can help other guys out like right now you know we have raccoon uh, pro line available um we didn't sell it all before the 4th um but oh, there's been goodness. a lot of people who have contacted us and we've just had a sale on and whatever and you know, we have it so they can finish shows after the fourth. Uh, A couple guys had a national anthem they were working on. They needed some red mines. And sure enough, we had some, you know, some 30 millimeter red mines. So um, I I, I like that. I like that end of thing. And, you know, it's it's so weird to say, but um, again, it's not about the money. Um, I just like being a part of the industry, Um, you know, pulling in, pulling in raccoon Proline um, was a big thing for me. Um, because, you know, without Proline, Craigco doesn't go do anything. Um, and so I've tried for years to partner with other companies. Um, and, uh, you know, it just so happened, you know, Eddie was there and we got talking and raccoon took a gamble and we pulled those two containers in and it's been nothing but good. Um, the product's good. Um, people like it. So, uh,
0: It's, it's been, it's been a great, so far it's been a great three years for sure. Raccoon is an absolutely phenomenal brand, man. Um, I was so happy with it at the lake this year. I mean, I like, you know, anytime you kind of transition from, from one product to, you know, especially something that you, that you've used for some time, Mm. you're worried, you know, there's hesitation and reserve in, in doing something like that. Um. I experienced it the first time when I moved from Spirit of Seventy Six to to Dominator, and then from Dominator to to Raccoon. But like I was so happy in the performance of that product, you can tell that not only was it it was made um, with care, but like I didn't experience any of just the normal inconsistencies that you see from from year to year in the other pro lines that I've experienced. I was so happy with it, man. I I, I just
3: going to say, I know I've been real happy with the the few shows that I've shot. Um, It's just, it's good stuff. There's
1: no way around it. We should How, get Bo to make Sims of all of
0: them. Yeah. <laughs> and then sell them for $6.
1: Absolutely.
0: $6. The biggest waste Sold. of time of my natural Sold. born life. Going back to what Brian was saying earlier, terrible, terrible ideas. <laughs> that just sound Sold. exciting. Sold. I well, it's
3: <laughs> not that they're terrible ideas. They're good ideas. Just sometimes they don't pan out.
2: That's yeah.
1: Why. <laughs> so yeah, go how's ahead, the
2: transition been for you? Brian. Cause like you went, you know, from being just on the Coast side and then going to events and just having fun into the pyro to actually being in another world of it.
3: I gotta tell you, man, it's a little different for sure. Um, you can, you, you have a tendency to see a little more of the dark side of it. Um, just by, um, I don't know how else to put it, but, uh, business and the business end of things, you know, um, It's kind of, there's some things that were kind of disappointing, but in general, I think, I think I like it more um, just because I like being, being a part of things. And this is, I'm going to get kind of in the weeds here a little bit, but I, I truly believe that, that most people who are in pyro, they're the same people who would enjoy being like on the crew of of uh, concerts that are touring, right? That the same people who are behind the soundboards and the light boards and and the the rigging, you know. I think most pyros love team mentality, and they love being a part of that team and making something happen. And I just the position I'm in now with Craig Co. and with Boomville. I, f- I feel that way, you know, I feel like it's, uh, you know, I, I matter I'm in, in the industry, like, you know, in these events and, and that I'm helping things, you know, progress. Um, so I, I, I do enjoy it, AJ, I, I gotta tell you. Um, now that being said, I'm like a lot of, I mean, there's times I wish I could just go to an event and just sit down and just enjoy it. Um, and I have to do, you know, uh, a lot of the sales and, and whatever else, but yeah, you know, it's just, you know, you got your good and your bad. Um, I, I, I don't regret, regret it at all. I mean, I, I'm still, I'm still loving it. Uh, have my good and bad days, but you know, mostly good. So, you know, Friends yeah. like you guys that helped me through it for
1: sure. <laughs> and that's probably because you're one of the most caring people I've ever met. Bend over backwards to make something happen for somebody else and put your, your own personal feelings and time aside to make time for other people. And that wears a toll on you. So sometimes you got to take you time. So we appreciate everything you do, Brian. You're, you're amazing. You make everything we do, our passion, something that we can make come alive and you pour your heart and soul into it and everyone can tell. You really care and thank you.
0: Well, absolutely. Again, thank you guys. I appreciate yeah, that man, feedback. And pass, for sure. that, uh, Just, pass that sentiment on to Stephanie too. I will. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Oh, she's a sweetheart. Yeah. Yeah. If it wasn't for her, we wouldn't talk to you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, <Yeah>. obviously <laughs> she's the
0: brains of the operation. So, yeah, so. she Brian, like, yeah, <laughs> oh yeah,
2: she's definitely
3: the brains. There's no way around
2: that. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, like going off of what Jamie said, when I was at the store and we came up to see you uh, before the fourth, you know, when the way you interacted, even with the kids, you're like, Hey, you never seen these before. Come check these out. Like you could tell the excitement in uh, the smallest novelty, but you enjoyed it that much. Like that's how oh much you're yeah. into fireworks. And like, you know, it just the excitement. It was just cool to see you in, a, in that whole different environment. You know what I mean? Mm. It was still at work, but it was a different side. <laughs>
3: Yeah, i I'm, I can be like a little kid more often than not, for sure. So, I mean, we all can, right? I mean, that's what you
1: know. But. I like it. I like it when you express yourself as a firework. That's my favorite thing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what as a firework? That's a that's a good question, Brian. If you if you were a firework, what firework would you be?
1: Oh my god!
3: What firework would I be?
0: What firework would you be?
1: Let's throw all this a Dahlia. This, Definitely a Dahlia.
0: Dahlia. <laughs> It's a, uh, I, a few I, stars short of a peony. <laughs>
3: <laughs> is it peony or is it peony?
0: <laughs> Who knows? Dude, if it, you talk to my dad, it's peony all the way. He called them, for the longest time, he would call little ball shells that we'd buy from Phantom and TNT peony balls. Oh, wait. What does he call your balls? He doesn't even... I don't think he knows they exist. <laughs> <laughs> get in the ca- I got a yeah, car I've got uh, I got two of them in the car and like he'll do that thing where he'll just kind of look at him and then give me an eyebrow like Oh you the get these these little these little foam balls in here for her. this is stupid It's like that they say <laughs> they say bosey balls on <laughs> But seriously what what firework are you Brian
3: Geez, I really hadn't think, thought much about it, but uh, <laughs> I can't imagine why. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Whatever, Bo. Keep
0: God, man! I can't imagine. To we'll be why. on the spot here, I hadn't thought about it either until Jamie said, it. "I am like that." I think he's a go-getter. Fun. I, I really he's think he's a go-getter. A go-getter, <laughs>
3: go-getter. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. I love it. I love it. All right, let's just let's just go that route. Yeah. Oh,
0: man. That's funny. We'll go
3: that route. Everybody
2: picks somebody's... There you go. And yeah. Give them what they think their, their <laughs> firework sign is. Hey, Kick like, each other's out for sure. Yeah. A firework. firework uh, what are they, how is that
0: called? A, it's like a G-day zodiac calendar.
2: Australian it's a firework yeah. calendar. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're not an Aries.
2: You're <laughs> a pink comet this month. What? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no. Oh, God. That's funny. <laughs> well, oh, let's see when I came to pick up the lake show order, it's like, you guys have a really cool location too. It's like that, uh, you know, the town of Brookville, it it just, it seems like a really quaint, cool little place. Um, and it was cool. Like when I was in there, you know, I think you had at least there were, I think there were two customers come in and it's like, you could tell, like they were super excited to be there. They knew you guys are like, all right, let's do this. You know, build my, uh, build my show, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
3: And I've done that for quite a few customers. Um, actually built shows for him. Like they'll come in, like we have a local <laughs> restaurant. The guy comes in and is like, uh the first year he's like, Hey, I got, you know, twelve hundred dollars to spend. He said, put something together for me, I'll be back and pick it up.
1: <laughs> nice. I'm like,
3: nice. I'm like, okay. <laughs> no pressure.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so
3: I actually sat down and I created a diagram, showed him how he lays his field out and I created a timeline saying here, these are what you got to start with this cake, you know, go right down the line. I said, how many people you have? He's like, I got four. I said, all right, so we can do this and that. And then I didn't hear from him after he picked it up, you know? And I'm like, Oh geez, you know, I don't know, you know, well, (laughs) sure enough, man, you know, the next year rolled around, he's like, call me up. He's like, Hey, he's like, uh, I want the same thing. I'm like, Cool. All right. So <laughs> it
0: makes it easier. <laughs> yep.
3: Sat down and just kind of swap some effects out and you know, away we went. But um and we're doing that with Ignite too. Like we have Oh, that's you know, awesome. I'll have a show pre programmed and you can buy it, you know, kind of. Oh, thing. that's cool, man. Um yeah. Nice. So you know,
1: it, it, Do you it's you sell Ignite too?
3: Oh yeah. Yeah, nice. we sell Ignite and then we'll we're we'll have the new uh thirty six shot ignites here um, soon, hopefully. That's awesome. So,
1: Sweet. It's a great system. You know it's
3: a, it's a it's a really nice entry level uh system. I don't know if you guys have Especially looked at it. Especially
1: for your it. store. It's great.
3: Oh yeah. Jamie, yeah. I use it. I mean, I use it um when I shoot like uh graduation shows and that sort of thing. Yeah.
1: It's so um, portable.
3: It's portable. It works really well um and it's it's just easy. Um Yeah. So I I I do I do like it because when we first started we first uh started the store I told Steph, so we need to get some kind of a firing system in here. And and I started looking at some of the cheaper Chinese um, yeah, systems
1: night so much better.
3: Well, you know, uh, I had a, I had a, a gentleman that was a customer of mine out in Ohio. Uh, he did stunt shows and um, I trained him on doing fireballs. And I said, look, you know, here's the deal. Here's the fireballs I'm going to train you how to do them, but you're on your own. You know, this is, Cause I can't keep coming out here to, you know, spend four hours for one shot. Right. Kind of thing. (laughs) So he's like, well, I need a firing system, you know? And I'm like, well, you know, so here's one, I bought it offline. It was just the cheaper Chinese one. Um, long story short, he calls me a couple of weeks later and he's like, Hey, he's like, uh, you know, thank God nobody was hurt. And you know, "Oh boy, "It, it went off on its own. Oh my God. Yeah, oh so, my God. So they had built the twelve inch fuel mine and thank God they had concrete wow. barriers around it. Oh man. And uh it was during the day and they heard a noise, looked over and it had it, it lifted. You know. Oh wow. Jesus. And uh so I'm like at that point I'm like, I can't I can't do this. And then I had heard that that. Scott Smith was, you know, he was working on this system. So, uh, we invested in it right off the bat because, um, I, I, just had confidence that at least he would have the security of what the bandwidth he was using at the time, you know? Um, so, uh, that's kind of how we jumped into that, but yeah, that was, it was pretty hairy. Um, that's, <laughs> I don't nuts, know. It's man, They've it, it is all by itself. Well, you know, here's the deal, right? There's always two sides to a story, you know, and I, I'm guessing that they had the batteries in the remote and they threw it in the truck and somebody sat on it or something, uh, you know, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, but but um, regardless, um, I, I decided not to not to go that route and go with the ignite. Well, oh, so, like I the mean, you way- used
2: it when I was there in June. Like it had a pretty good distance when we were shooting those shells.
3: Yeah, we shot um we shot those sixes off the top of the hill. Yep. And uh right. So we were I think we we're about five hundred feet, maybe six hundred, somewhere in there. I think yeah. at night too. Oh shit. And I over got,
0: uh, it was elevated okay. lower. Yeah. That's crazy, man, man for a Bluetooth Bluetooth based system. That's nuts. That's
1: yeah. Yeah, a nice safe system, that's for sure.
3: Yeah, so far, I mean I don't haven't had anybody say not. Um and, and I guess that Pyrocast works well. Um, I haven't used it myself. Um, have you guys used it at all?
0: <laughs> yes.
3: <laughs> does it work so hot?
0: <laughs> well, no, and it's, it does. So okay. it does. growing pains. <clears throat> yes, you know. It's great. I, I think for for what it, for what Pyrocast exists for, and I think the space that it's marketed for, um, which is you know, obviously, it's I, I think it's branded under. Ignite. I can't remember how Scott separated the companies. I can't remember if Pyrocast was under the Ignite umbrella, but you know, for latency natively over you know uh, a cellular network um, or you know something that exists in the cloud. Mm-hmm. To me, when when that first came out, I'm like, okay, this is this is innovative, but you know, how do they tackle the latency issue? How do they tackle the latency issue? And you know, how often is the clock? In um, you know Pyrocast, uh, you know reporting back to um, you know anything that might be attached to it that changes where your your uh, drift is, you know your waveform drift and things like that. And you know in my experience, I've had good experiences with it, and I've had experiences where you know I wound up saying, okay, I I can't use this. For this application, because it's the scripting is is tight to a point where um, things have just drifted too far off of the Mm -hmm. timeline and it just doesn't look right. Gotcha. Yeah, I kind of wondered. The technology only gets better the more it's developed. And I, when he first rolled that thing out, I'm like, whoa, this is a, that's a monumental undertaking. You know, for somebody that like I, my my day job, I work in the technology industry. I knew that that was crazy to, it's like for a fireworks show, especially really tight pirate musicals, you know, that things have to be right on the money. So like things that exist in the cloud, I was, I had reservations and I'm like, wow, how well can this really work? Mm -hmm. But I think he's getting there.
3: Well, I I do too. Um, But I'll be honest with you. Um, I I think, I think music, I I can't picture myself watching fireworks with earphones on or earbuds in or whatever, you know, I just can't picture myself doing that. It's not, I'm old school kind of, I guess. And I I would, I want to hear everything, you know, I want to hear the music and I want to hear the explosions. And I think if you have your earbuds in or earphones in, it'd be kind of hard to, to get
1: yeah that you, same effect well, the I, nice thing about those is our Bluetooth cars they can have their car stereos playing it while they're sitting in their cars watching it I mean it is a pretty cool concept, but I agree with the headphones, yeah, that's not for me, but um Bluetooth car stereos that's actually pretty cool,
3: yeah. Yeah, I would think you'd get some even some latency with that, right? Because I'm just mis- about to say that. Yeah, that would just I'm assuming, create more latency. Yeah, you're you're yep. pushing it from your phone. Through Doesn't your
1: Doesn't have the ability to adjust that up and down?
3: It does. Yeah, you it, can. It to does. some extent,
0: you can. go ahead, AJ. Didn't they take that out? Uh, I, I don't know. I when I when I did test runs with it over the fourth this year, um, it was still there. I mean, you you can. You well, know, oh, I meant you, for the user. The user used to be able to change it too. Uh, I think the user could because the um we had two two phones, two different cellular devices on uh, receiving it as guests when we were doing the test, and they they had the option to speed it up or slow it down. Mm. The problem that we had with that was we would speed it up and slow it down, and then 15 seconds later, then all of a sudden it would have moved again. You know, there was there was more drift either in one direction or the other. And like my, my biggest concern was, you know, one, you're, you're training people that really have no idea how to, to use the product anyway. Like when it comes to sitting there with your phone, trying to adjust the audio. And if they see that it's off, especially for a show that's only three minutes tops. I mean, that's the last thing that I wanted was I, I didn't want people sitting in the crowd, you know, fucking around Playing with your phones with- and then they, before you know it they're like oh man I missed the whole damn show if I wouldn't have been fucking around with my phone then
1: how would auto latency work that would be nice
0: auto latency yeah it would but I, I think something I think it's something about the way that I mean obviously just things take time to uh, update over any cellular network right you're, you're never and that's that's the piece of it that I don't really understand I just know that there's latency between a cellular network and a user's device, um, and I don't know how tight of a an updated connection they're kind of keeping um, on the two. Well, then you know, then you have the the other
3: uh, problem is everybody's individual devices. Yeah, it, you know, and and how well they're picking up their res- and receiving the signal and and whatever, for sure. So,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, you're right, and you know, it's what if if she's on T-Mobile, mobile, and he's on Sprint, and he's on Verizon, I mean Verizon. and this guy's on Cricket. Like, he, like you just don't know. There's so many things that I don't understand about you know how that gets broadcast over so many different networks from the cloud and the latency that exists. Because I think you know the times that I've sent something back to um, you know feedback back to Scott or um, or or Zach the questions that i get back are you know what's your cellular network and and what device are you using so mm-hmm. there it has to have it has something to do with you know those two variables um you know in, in that cloud connection still cool though there's no it way is. around it yep 100% i i think it it's is. it's innovative and it's only going to get better as time goes on
1: it's like going for to a drive in
0: but with pyro that's right that's right. That's a pretty cool concept
3: to drive in instead of a drive-in theater, drive in pyro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I, dude, what,
0: back to what you were saying though, before on like, you know, headphones at a fireworks show. I, I think it's, you know, that's like, it's just historical, right? You know, people don't think to themselves, Oh, you know, I'm going to a fireworks show to pay attention to something that's going to be synchronized to music. I think there's so many unknowns with that, that it's just, It's it's weird, but you're right. You go to that experience, thinking to yourself, "I'm going to be outside, you know, outside experiencing nature, um, (laughs) watching a fireworks show." The last thing I think I'm going to be doing is playing on my phone and listening to my headphones.
1: Mm -hmm. They're definitely (laughs) breaking ground.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that kind of
3: almost is polarizing. It's kind of almost like drones and fireworks, right? Yeah.
0: (laughs) What do you think is what, what do you think of drones, man?
3: Dude, I I I think they're cool as hell. Um, Uh but, but I, I struggle with them
1: in a fireworks show. I'll be honest with you. Um, I think they're great for fillers, especially for smoke.
3: You know, seriously guys, they had a video the other day I saw, it was a dragon in Japan. It was these drones. It it looked like a, this dragon, like slinking through the fireworks. No, it was, there was no fireworks. It was just in Uh. like in a town, but I'm, you know, look, I'm 57 years old and in my lifetime, I never would have thought I would see something like that. It's pretty cool. It's, it's pretty cool, but it's, it's along the same lines as, and I'm going to get kind of in the weeds here again, is electric cars, right? I think electric cars are the coolest thing ever, (laughs) but the problem (laughs) is they're being used in the wrong context and they've been, you know, and it's, it just drives me crazy. I'm like, (laughs) they're so cool, but they're, they're, uh, they're being used as tools to drive agendas. Right. 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 And it just, it's so, it's so disheartening to me that something as cool as a, an electric vehicle with all the neat intricacies and the the technology uh, is getting such a, you know, a bad rap um, because of other people's, stuff that's going on. Um, but I think drones are the same way. You know, I think drones are so cool with the technology. Um, and yet they're, they're being, you know, labeled as replacing fireworks. If somebody no. did one time, they did that. They met, they mentioned it's it terrible. in the media and it's, and from that point on, it polarizes everybody, yep. you know, everyone goes back to their corners and they're like, you know, either you do or you don't. Well, I, I do. I think drones are cool as hell. I, You know, um, it's, it's almost like it's surreal. It's almost like you're in a movie, you know, watching them when they're doing their thing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's fascinating. I don't think they should be done at the same time because they're stealing from each other. But I think they have their place with fireworks because nobody likes to smoke but to watch a drone show and see, uh, to see all the fascinating things that you can do with those. Like, and then you're done staring at the drones and all of a sudden the smoke's gone. We're Uh back to fireworks. That's pretty freaking cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Well, and I, you know, back to what Brian said before, I think that, I think they can be used and I'm, I'm always a fan of innovating cooler uses of technology and trying to integrate it to create like a really bitching show. Right. But like the way they reused it, uh, CobraCon, for example, it's kind of counterintuitive, right? Because mm-hmm. you've got a fireworks show happening in front of you, and then you have to look off, quite literally, cock your head to nine o'clock, you know, on a on a clock face to see the drones. It it kind of it it pulls you out of the experience if things aren't correct, right? It, it pulls you out of the experience if they're not set up right. Um, yeah, I don't like them together. Yeah. Mm-mm. Off of what Jamie said, for some reason in
2: my head, when he was talking about clearing the smoke, I had this, like, imagine... Or I imagine the drones turning into like the vacuum cleaner from uh, what's the name of that Star Wars ripoff movie? Oh. That's great, <laughs> and then like <laughs> that's great. and like slowly going over the crowd and like sucking all the yeah, the that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> saying, See, I think that, that's a clever use of drones. Head, <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be hilarious? That's that Skywards if you saw that just turned into the, like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. What was it? There was a Statue of Liberty kind of cleaning lady, or like uh, Mo from oh, uh, what was it called? What was the Wall-E. name of that movie? Sky or something balls. Um Space balls? Baseballs, thank you. <laughs> he said something balls. <laughs> balls <laughs> he remembered was balls.
3: Yeah. Well, it's not like balls haven't been on the you know subject line for quite a while now. Exactly. <laughs> thank you, Bo. Especially <laughs> Bo. You're welcome.
0: You're
1: welcome. <laughs> thought,
0: that's the uh,
1: racks and Bozy Balls. That's They'll right. Go
0: together like peanut butter and jelly. American-made racks with balls. oh man yeah i I, i'm a huge fan like i there's a lot of guys in the you know the the lighting space and you know it's like keep your jelly to my out of my peanut butter and and all that kind of thing but like i i've you know the shows that i used dmx in conjunction with fireworks on you know there's a lot of stuff that i can do better i feel but you kind of learn as you go but i do believe it has a place. I do believe it has a place and you can do some really, really, really cool fucking things with, you know, different, uh, you know, different set pieces and, and ways of lighting, um, the smoke and different moving heads and par lights and things like that. Like, I just think that it's going to take a lot of time for things to get really innovative. And I think shows really do exist. Have you ever seen like, uh, I can't remember what country they do Defcon in. Um, Brian, have you ever seen one of the DEF CON shows? I've it's like, seen, an EDM oh my festival. Goodness, yes. Oh my God. Wow. Oh my God. Those are I, like, what, it was crazy. Watch one. It's people that tell me lighting has no place in fireworks and you know, fireworks has no place with lighting and stuff like that. It's you almost have to see past your your expertise or your camp to see. You know, tell that to like a Disney or tell that to these big production companies that do like the EDM festivals and DEF CON and stuff, where it's not just about any one of those one particular elements. It's all encompassing to create this really bitching experience.
3: Yeah, for sure. You know, I I think the definition of fireworks has changed over the last 10 years, right? So, you know, we, we, you, you, you have the hardcore, you know, purists that would sit for hours and watch a single shell go up and break and appreciate the intricacies of that shell and how it was built, you know, uh, how it performs. And then you have fireworks for like us where it's not just the effect, it's the combination of effects. Right. And so that, that definition alone is is saying that you're incorporating not just fireworks but you're incorporating other elements into your show because it not doesn't become just fireworks it becomes a show you know at that point yep and, and I'm going again I'm going I'm, I'm running right back originally to what I was talking about earlier. I think most pyros would be perfectly at home doing a DEF con or even just a live concert somewhere. Because I think it deep down we're all about doing shows. It's not so much fireworks, it's shows. We're entertainers. Yep. I my opinion. But uh, you know, I I think, you know, AJ or Jamie or Bo, I think you guys, if you know, you'd be feel just as at home doing stuff on a a concert at a live concert somewhere, you know. Oh yeah. Not just playing with Pyro period. Yeah.
2: (laughs) I I agree with that.
1: The feeling of a crowd just totally loving, and and the response that you get after they see the show that you put all your hard work into is
3: absolutely.
1: It is a high. It is Mm. for sure. Yeah,
2: and so is the nerves right before you push play. (laughs) 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 It's like the worst feeling ever. Yes, you like pace around and like sit there. You're like I puke almost. Like I throw up in my mouth almost. I'm not gonna lie. My family got me a puke bucket. Just so I can,
0: as a joke, But yeah, I don't think it matters. I don't think it matters the the size of the show either. I I mean no, that uh, that show that that show that I did last weekend. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, was it no? Well, I did one last weekend that was you know it it was like eight cues. It's like eight cues with you know like a step script with some timed events in in each one. But it was in a it was in a minor league ballpark. You know, I was down on the field. Um, you know like and we pulled all this pyro out in the middle of the field, we tarped the field and kind of and shot this show for like a it's like a celebrity softball game. But like it te- <laughs> you see shows where you do thousands and thousands of cues, you know, it's SkyWars in 2020. I wasn't I wasn't nervous at all. And it was which was really weird, but then it's like I shoot this little show with 8 cues and I feel like um Th- several thousand people and, you know, a school bus's worth of celebrities are looking at me and it's like, oh my God, I'm gonna shit my pants. Well,
3: <laughs> I, you know, I here's, the, talking here's, about? <laughs> <laughs> here's the thing, Bo. I mean, you said it yourself. There's, you know, eight cues, right? So if one cue goes bad in those eight cues, you're gonna notice it. Oh,
0: yeah. And right. that show going to be a right. lot shorter than what they thought.
3: <laughs> so if it's a thousand cues, if one or two or three go bad, it, it's not as noticeable. Yeah. And I think yeah. subconsciously, you probably realize that. And it's like, yeah. there's no room for error. None. Fireballs are the same way. You know, people, I get more nervous with fireballs because if you have six of them or nine of them or whatever across the field, if one of them doesn't go off in the middle, it's like somebody's missing a tooth. Yep. You know, yeah. where, you know, so it's pretty important. They're done right. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, just I, call I, it the hillbilly fireball run.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah, for yep. sure.
0: Well, I, I don't, Brian, um, let's see. I, I actually, AJ, uh, Jamie, you guys have any, uh, any other questions here? Um, <clears throat> I think we've talked about this a little bit, Brian, but what um,
2: what brought you into Pyro Musicals? Like, or were you always in it from the get-go?
3: I mean, oh no, um, the Pyro Musicals started um at with NL NLPC for sure. So Gary and I, um, you know, like any, like every other story you hear from a Pyro, you know, we, we started shooting for friends and family you know, we got involved with the wholesale font buying stuff. Well, then we found, um, we got involved in, um, with PGI clear back in, geez, it must've been nineties and it was the early nineties. And, um, we saw something similar to a pirate musical, you know, it was real loosely scripted and the shells were hitting somewhat on the beat and kind of thing. Um, and then fast forward to, um, spending some time up in New England, up in Vermont with my cousin, Eddie, and him and I got to talking about firing systems and he was, um, he had built a kind of a crude, like a pin, uh, you know what I'm talking about? Like a wire and pin kind of system. Yeah, nail and pin. yeah like a nail board. pin. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Nail board. So... <gasps> Anyway, so fast forward to, um, the PGI and Butler. Um, and that's where we met Tim and, um, we were blown away. You know, it was just like, oh my God, this is amazing. And that's when we started really looking into, uh, the Cobra firing system and, and doing that sort of stuff. And then we joined NLPC, of course, <clears throat> and he just kind of took off from there. NLPC is, has always been their, their um, Basically, it was a club that was originally built around pirate musicals. You know, they, all the guys got together and it was all about scripting shows and, and, um, you know, doing these kinds of things. Um, and we were just knee deep in it. And then next thing you know, we were eyeball deep in it. So, and that's kind of what started the whole, you know, the Craig Co. you know, things, um, back to the, you know, the original we were talking about the, that event that got canceled and whatever, but. Yeah. But that's what struck your, your passion into him more. It it really did. That, that PGI and Butler really, really got us, got us fired up. Um, and then from that point on, we, there was an event in Pittsburgh. Um, it was Ricasa was here and did a show. And I think Pyrotechnico had pulled him over here to do it. And from that point on, it just, it was like, I want to do that. Cause it moved me, you know, it was, it, you just sat there and just watched it and like, Oh my God, that's, that's amazing. Um, and I just had this, this drive. I just wanted to do that kind of thing.
0: It doesn't no, take well. much, man. It really, it, <laughs> it really, it doesn't take much to, to kind of see, No, you know, you, you know what, you know, you know what makes you tick. And, and I, I think the stars kind of align with people that, that do pirate musicals. And, did you know, um, I'm kind of curious now that you guys are talking about PGI, um, how long have you been a member of PGI? Um, I'm guessing eight years, maybe 10 eight years. years. Okay. Somewhere in there. I was, I, I know there's, there's some guys in, in OPEG that are PGI members and they've been going for a long time, but I'm, I'm almost curious when, um, you know, cause I, I would imagine like the scripted shows, like the, you know, tightly scripted shows and, entire pirate musicals, there was probably a time in which they weren't a thing at PGI. Right. I'm just trying to remember when that would be,
3: you know, I don't, I don't know, but you know, PGI has always been kind of a builders club. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a, there's always been that little bit of a clash a little bit between the builders and, and the show people. Kind of thing. Um, I, I'm trying to think. Uh, everyone is, that it, I've been to that I remember, w- except for the one in the early
0: '90s, had some kind of a scripted show. That's cool. Yeah. Watching the builders do their thing, though, like Ned Ned Gorski stuff, uh, is just in, it's insane to me. Those guys it's do absolutely. Such a, yeah. T- uh, Tom
3: Rubinclaw is the man. I mean, that dude. You know what I'm talking about.
0: Uh yes, I've heard the name before. I'd have to builder? go look up some of his shells. No, he's a rocket builder. Oh, really? He's the guy that that shoots these rockets
3: that that uh, you'll have to look it up. I mean, they're amazing. <laughs> I mean, he's just incredible. Um but like you said, Gorski and um I I used to know some names off the top of my head, but um there's definitely an art to it and
0: it, they're amazing. Yeah. For sure. It's really cool watching um some of the guys that script stuff, but also, you know, they're kind of working in tandem with their club mates who do building. Right. And they kind of integrate that stuff and they create these really cool scripted shows, um, mm-hmm. with shells that people built. Yeah,
3: for sure. Well, and you know, part of PGI, they do that, that builders display. Yep. I can't remember what they call yeah. it, but, um, it's
0: cool, man. You see some really, really interesting shells. I think I watched, um, the live stream, was it last year? The year before, I think it was the Pyro Musical competitions, um, and then there was the uh, Builders competitions. But it's it's so neat.
1: And, and I, if you think about it, uh, you know you're talking about the clash of you know builders versus you know the Pyro Musical down to the brass of it all the builder is building their own pyre musical in that single individual build. They're putting mm-hmm. the stars and the timing and everything all into the single perfection of that one shell versus the, you know, the artist who does the pyre musical is going on a, an entire an event time with music. So we really have the same passion. We just look at it differently. Mm. It's pretty amazing what, what people can do with, I mean, a shell that is multi-layered and timed and it's just amazing. It really is. Everything that we are able to do from powder and stars and chemicals, it's pretty astounding.
3: Well, Jamie, I mean, you think about it, coming back to the to the fuel mine analogy, right? I mean, they have one shell they're putting up a lot of times to show people their, their artistry. Yeah. So if something goes wrong you know, one little thing goes wrong, you're going to really see it. Right. You know, kind of thing. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I just, I, I give those guys credit. I've never, personally, I've never had the, the want to, to dive into it. Um, but I truly enjoy watching this stuff that they build for sure.
0: Well, Brian, thank you so much for, for joining us tonight, dude. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, well, thanks for having me.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah, it's been fun. Do you get uh, so? Go ahead and uh, you know get your plugs out there, man. We'll do uh, what's the what's the website? How can people find you? So
3: people can browse out to uh, www.craigco.co, and it's not .dot com, it's .dot co. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a long story behind that, um, and of course, boomvillefireworks.com is the other. The other one, uh, we have Facebook pages for both. So, um, and then if anybody has any questions, feel free to contact me at 814 553 7575. Um, I'm always, I'll always answer my phone if I can do it. So,
1: and that is true. He will call you back. <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> kind of forgetful, but uh, you know, he just <laughs> cut me some slack. So it's all yeah. good.
0: He, he, you're busy it's, uh, you're making racks for Jamie right <laughs> <laughs>
1: speaking of awesome man thank you so much for
0: joining us dude uh, and I think hold that's we'll probably we, AJ gotta got any, yeah.
2: we gotta let him do the sound clip but we can't oh, dude, say, yeah, we Brian, can't say anything so that way you. No, can't yeah, everybody shut up it.
0: Brian get uh, you know I don't know probably get a good fist uh yeah. Well, what are we talking about? Hold what on. the fuck
2: is <laughs> like, really make a
0: fist. I'm trying to I'm trying to give him a relative distance from his mic capsule because I want the, the best Uh-oh. sound clip ever. Because I I'm gonna you. I'm gonna save this one pause Just a bit outside. That's it. <laughs> that's, that's the one on baby. <laughs>
2: that's going on the soundboard. Yeah. Going on the
3: soundboard for sure. Back to the doors. <laughs> yeah. oh, I love it. Oh, you awesome. should use that
2: voice when you talk about Cricko website. <laughs> yeah. It'd love be perfect. it perfect.